Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This is a podcast from Minute Media. listening to Rum Buncher Radio. This is episode number 80. We are past the half century mark now, off and rolling. Marty Leap, Nick Caparoso, Trey Hannity, we're back with you tonight. It's about spring training. Baseball is back, of course, and the Pirates, along with Major League Baseball, into the thick of it now for spring training. Spring, opening day, excuse me, coming up in just a little over two weeks now. Lots to talk about, guys. Brian Reynolds did not reach an extension with the Pirates, but hey, Mitch Keller's looked really good. We've had a lot of fun in spring training to this point. O'Neill Cruz still hitting blasts off the ground. Uh, Got to talk about what maybe his assignment is going to look like. Some roster cuts, of course, to this point as well. Lots to talk about tonight, guys, but I want to know how you're doing to start. And before we get into that, guys, like I say at the top of every episode, go to runbutter.com. we got so much coming out right now. We had a little bit of a lull with baseball's lockout, but um, we're back, guys. So please check out those articles with all of our great staff writers. Marty, I know you had an article out. Earlier today, maybe yesterday at this point, I'm losing count. But guys, how you doing? Uh, yeah, I, I definitely can't complain. Um, you know, last Saturday, my wife and I uh, officially had an offer accepted. So bought a new house. That's always exciting stuff. Just waiting on the final closing date to get the ball rolling with that. And, you know, bought a new house. Baseball's back. Not, not a whole lot to complain about right now. I'm doing well. Yeah, not much really going on. Just, you know getting ready here for opening day in a couple weeks and like you said taking in spring training yeah yeah spring training has really been fun to watch to this point you know some of the guys that that we saw last year Mike Perez hit a home run today of course we saw what O'Neill was capable of at the end of last season um, and has already looked electric so far in this spring training that's kind of where I want to start tonight I saw uh, on the Rum Buncher Twitter, I don't know if it was Nick or Marty that, that tweeted this, but uh, already the anger is being seen through these tweets on the fact that Ono Cruz might not be on the opening day roster. Of course, you know, myself, I'm assuming you guys as well, a lot of people in this fan base would love to see Ono Cruz start on the opening day roster, make a start in that game as well, but there's a potential that he will not be. What are your guys' thoughts on what his assignment is going to look like to start on opening day? Yeah, you know, I was doing the tweet. I said that uh, Pirates Twitter will burn to the ground, and rightfully so, if slash when O'Neill Cruz starts the year at AAA. Most likely he's going to. He's only played a handful of games at AAA, which, I mean, I don't think that's a big deal. Brian Reynolds played 13 games at AAA, and things have worked out pretty well for him. The biggest thing with Cruz is probably going to be the service time issue and Super 2 and all of this. Um, <clears throat> I, I still think he starts the year at AAA. I don't think he should. I think he should be at shortstop on opening day. Let the kid play. Let him hit. Let him learn to hit major league pitching. And if nothing else, like make this team more exciting. You know, let O'Neill Cruz start at shortstop. Put Ronzi Contreras in the rotation. Let's see these young guys. It's going to be another long year. They're going to be under 500 again. But the one exciting thing, we talked about this in our last episode, excuse me, Jason Mackey, 
what's going to be exciting this season is seeing these young guys, seeing them come up, see what they can do, see parts of the future start to solidify themselves. Why not start that opening day with O'Neill Cruz? And, you know, from for the Pirates, it, it, monetarily even, it makes sense. Yeah, you should have to pay him more in the long run, but you're going to put more people in the seats. You're going to want to see Cruz play. You're going to sell jerseys. You're going to sell T-shirts, all of this. Just let the kid on the opening day roster. He has done nothing in recent years. Minor leagues, his cup of coffee last year in the majors this spring, but hit and hit for power, something the Pirates need. Let's see what he can do. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, something I always go back to is, like, don't, don't ruin the prospect in a way. Like, if he's ready to go, like, call him up. Let him play at the big league level. Sometimes it's a step backward, you know, when they send these guys back down, um, especially these these higher-rated prospects. It's almost, you know, like a, a little bit of a slap in the face for them, sure, because they feel like, you know, they're doing everything right. Why are they being sent down? And, you know, on top of that, then if their attitude changes, you know, that's when you start to see regression. So, you know, there's more to it than just, like you said, Marty, in terms of them just getting at bats at AAA. You know, there's definitely a lot of different angles that they have to think about this through. And unfortunately, you know, the financial lens is the one that, you know, we always hear the most about and will always be the one of the main priorities uh, in terms of taking care of these prospects. But like you said, should be on the opening day roster. I wish they would have, you know, made a bigger change in the CBA to help, you know, promote these younger players to be, you know, on the roster from the beginning of the year. I know they did some, but, you know, it's still obviously we're having the discussion. So, yeah. It's not perfect. I mean, it's not, you know, there really wasn't any revision made. And I don't think we've had an episode since this new CBA to talk about some of these rule changes and, and everything else. Um, you know, so interject throughout the episode, guys, on, on your thoughts there on some of these rule changes and whatnot. But, you know, arbitration is certainly not perfect at this point. The Pirates did sign, the, you know, the typical pre-arbitration deal um, with O'Neill Cruz earlier today. And for good reason. I mean, O'Neill Cruz, of course, at plus 350, I saw uh, on the betting favorite to win the Rookie of the Year. Um, you know, and, and he's going to have a monster season regardless of if he starts in AAA or not. Going to be excited to see him at some point, but it's unfortunate that there's not a guarantee that O'Neill Cruz will be on the roster for opening day. But, you know, as we kind of zoom out and look at, at how spring training has gone as a whole, what are you guys thoughts? I mean, some crazy storylines to this point. Greg Allen has emerged. Mitch Keller has looked awesome so far. Um, you know, just kind of your general thoughts on spring training to this point. In general, I'm pretty happy. Uh, you know, it's been pretty entertaining game so far for the Pirates. Um, like you said, there's been a lot of good stuff um, in terms of, you know, from the players you want to see. Um, like you said, Greg Allen kind of showing up at spring and, you know, being a player that we don't really know much about coming from, you know, the American League and um, especially at, on a smaller role with the Yankees, it's kind of obviously we didn't hear a ton about him. So to kind of see him, you know, doing this, you know, you wonder if there there's, you know, more to him and if he gets the opportunity. And obviously we know that's why they brought him in here because they might be able to give him an opportunity. So uh, that 
that to me is, you know, what the Pirates, you know, need to do. They need to figure out which one of these guys, like, kind of just let these guys go out there, play, and, you know, I think they just got to kind of put together the best roster out of spring they can. Like you said, we want to – we want to show that this team is going somewhere. So give us that chance, you know, get, show us something, you know, and so far in the spring, we're seeing a lot of these younger talents play and perform. And Lisa gives us something to kind of, you know, look forward to. Yeah. Like you said, it gives you something to look forward to Um, with, excuse me, with Allen. He's definitely got at this point, I think, you know, very confident. He will definitely be on the opening day roster. Uh, I thought the way coming into spring, but the way he's performed, you know, combined with the way some other guys perform, some other guys have already optioned to minor league camp, makes me believe there's probably a pretty legitimate shot. He's your starting left fielder and maybe even leadoff hitter to start the season. So we'll see what happens there. And, you know, he's coming off of, it was a very small sample size, but coming off of a really strong season with the Yankees last year, potentially, you know, he's found something. He's finally starting to put it all together. If nothing else, he's going to give you really good defense in the field and, you know, still use some bases and be at least an average offensive bat for you probably to some of these younger outfielders get here. To circle back to another player you mentioned, though, Trey, it's for me, it's the old Michael Scott meme of I'm no doubt about it. I'm ready to get hurt again when it comes to Mitch Keller. Uh, the guy has just looked so good at these first two starts. His fastball looks more electric than ever, touching 100, sitting in the high 90s. His changeup and curve have looked nasty. He's added a little bit of that slurve to his repertoire. But I think the biggest thing with Keller is for the first time probably ever, he looks confident on the mound, which can go a long way for somebody. He finally looks confident. We've said for a long time on this show, he kind of needed to get a little bit of that A.J. Burnett, just F you, here's my stuff, try and hit it mentality. And it looks like he finally has that. And that can go a long way for a kid like Keller who has the stuff he does. So we'll see what happens. I'm it's I don't want to get my hopes up about Mitch Keller after what everything we've seen, but at the same time, it's hard to not feel confident that he's gonna at least take a step forward this year and if nothing else, become a serviceable major league starting pitcher, not a starting pitcher who's gonna go out there and have an ERA of six or whatever his career ERA is. So <clears throat> that's that's a good sign and excuse me. It, with Keller, it seems like he's been around forever, but this will only be – he still doesn't have a full major league season under his belt. You know, 2019 was up and down with the minors. 2020, there was COVID. Last year, he spent a lot of time on the injured list. This could still potentially be his first full season in the majors. He could very well still be a long-term building block for the Pirates. So it, it's 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 great to at least see him looking confident in spring. His stuff, like I said, looks better than ever. Let's see what he does when the regular season starts. I'm sure that opening series against against St. Louis, he'll probably get the ball in one of those games. Let's see what he does. If nothing else, I'm at least excited to see what Keller does this season, which coming into the spring was something I couldn't say. Yeah, if not now, then when? You know, it's like this is might be the best version of Mitch Keller that we will get. So if he can't put this together and start to pitch effectively, like you said, then, you know, at that point, then we know what we got in him. You know, at least we're not too far into this process yet with, you know, our overall team core that's coming here. So, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see. 
Yeah, and w- one yeah. other thing with that too, Nick, you know, if he does come out and does struggle this year, how you said the Pirates aren't too far along with this, it kind of works out because if he comes out and let's say he makes 15, 16, 17 starts and it's the same old Mitch Keller, well, you know what? You've got Miguel Ure, you've got Ronzi Contreras, Mike Burroughs is probably getting to the majors this year. Carmen Majinski could be in the majors this year. You're going to start to really start to graduate a lot of starting pitching prospects. So you have – it's not like the 2019 Pirates where they needed Mitch Keller to hit. To go back further, it's not like the 2017 or 2018 Pirates where they needed Tyler Glass now to hit. They have other options now. They're not putting all their eggs in this one basket. You know, you circle back to 2019 when Keller made his debut – I think a lot of people forget because of just how awful that season went and it led to people getting fired. And But during the season, there was a lot of people, national media included, who were picking the Pirates to be a playoff team. And a big reason was what they viewed as a good to great starting rotation with Mitch Keller waiting in reserve. And when, you know, Chris Archer got hurt and didn't pitch well and Mitch Keller didn't pan out and it's just things completely fell apart for them. And Jameson Tyler ended up Tommy John again. There was nothing in reserve. And not to say this team's going to compete this year or anything like that, because that's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is if Keller comes out and balls flat on his face again, there's other young arms there waiting for that opportunity to prove what they can do in the majors. So the Pittsburgh Pirates don't have to have Mitch Keller hit to be successful like they've had to have in the past with the previous top pitching prospects. They don't. They don't. But, you know, in a perfect world, he does work out. If he doesn't, you have Miguel Yagre. You have Ronzi Contreras. Even a guy like Bryce Wilson. Who knows what that looks like this season? Um, you know, and not to not to go too far off on a side tangent, but it does feel like he's been with the Pirates up in the bigs for quite some time now. And I think that's kind of something that has been created by the way baseball is now. You see the Fernando Tatis is the one set as we've talked about it on this show, but there's a different culture now. You come up and you're expected to have immediate results. Mitch Keller has had the time. He's a little bit different. This is it. I'm right there with you guys. I think this is, you know, the season or make or break for Mitch Keller. But, uh, you know, to this point, it's looked good. And we saw the videos of him throwing the bullpen sessions. And I said bullshit. And now we're in spring training. He's looked really good. I'm, you know, not going to say bullshit again, but we got to see it uh, when the regular season starts. And hopefully we do. He's looked really good to this point in spring training. Um, but you know, as we talk about some of these cuts as the, the first couple rounds have been made, the first round has been made here, at least pirates optioned outfielder, Travis Swaggerty, Leo Verguero, Tupiquita Marcano, uh, Jack Swinski to AAA. They also reassigned catchers, Carter Benz, Indy Rodriguez, and Henry Davis to minor league camp, along with utility man, Jinwan Bay, Matt Frazier, Nick Gonzalez, Jared Triolo were all assigned to the minor league camp as well. And on the pitching side, we saw Carmen Majinski, Adrian, uh, Florencio, Cody Bolton, Kyle Nicholas, Michael Burroughs, Quinn Priester, and Tanaka Thomas uh, all reassigned as well there. Some cuts had to be made, of course. Were there any surprises with these guys? Um, you know, and how do you guys feel about some of these cuts? What does this clear up now for a roster that still needs to cut, I believe, 27 men? Um, but, you know, what are you guys' thoughts on this first round of cuts? No real surprises. Um, I thought coming into the spring – that there was a scenario where we might see Travis Swaggerty on the opening day roster. Then it came out that his shoulder still giving him some problems. He That's why we didn't see him at all. Um, at this point, I just want to see Swaggerty healthy. Uh, you, <clears throat> I wrote about this a little bit the other day, but you really start to worry that he's going to become one of those prospects. We're going to look back and say, man, if he just could have stayed healthy, 
what could have been. Um, the only other maybe somewhat surprise there is Tukapita Marcano. Um, not necessarily that I thought that he'd make the opening year roster. I, I kind of envisioned the Pirates wanting to get him a little more seasoning at AAA, but I thought he might stick around a little bit longer in camp than he did, especially with the news that it does look like at least for the month of April because of the late start to spring training, uh, active rosters will be 28 players, not 26. So, excuse me, that does open up some more space. But of that group that was optioned to re-sign to my early camp, I will say there are a lot of players there that, you know, we're going to see in Pittsburgh this year and we're going to see his building blocks moving forward. You know, we talked about Burroughs, Nick Gonzalez, G1 Bay will probably make his debut at some point this season. I think he could be a heck of a utility man for the Pirates. We mentioned Majinski. There a lot of talent in that group, which is good to see because, again, I know we've talked a lot about the farm system on the show, but it's really good. It's really, really good, and we're going to start to see that payoff this year. And a lot of the payoff is going to come from this group of guys who were just re-signed to Miami camp. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is the future, and we're going to have to wait to see some of it. But I was with you, you know, injuries, of course, with Travis Swaggerty. A little bit surprised to see, um, you know, that he was optioned off there. Quinn Priester getting the option as well. Would love to see him at some point this year if we could. But it's been a fun spring training to this point. Some not-so-fun news coming this week as well. Brian Reynolds, the Pirates we're not able to reach an agreement. Um, you know, Scott Boris, I think, is the first name that comes to mind when uh, when we think of the reasons why the Pirates uh, and Brian Reynolds were not able to reach an agreement to this point. But your thoughts here, um, you know, from what I understand, it, it wasn't even close with the negotiations. What's the future looking like for Brian Reynolds? Is there still a possibility for a trade at some point before opening day? If you would have asked me 48 hours ago, I would have said um, that I could see them keeping Reynolds and extending him for the significant future. But, you know, I I don't know about that now. It just seems like, you know, the arbitration case aside, um, my whole issue with that is, like, the Pirates can't just pay Reynolds. Like, there's precedences – precedents put in place like there's history that they're basing things off of there's numbers they're basing things off of it's like they can't just break what they typically use as their model now sure we can ask them to make an exception but you know it's one of those like they probably feel like they need to stick by their their system you know it's it's how they do things and they don't want to, you know, bend the rules for anyone per se. But, you know, to hear that Reynolds doesn't really feel like they've had any significant extension talks to the point I think he said he's never even heard the word. Um, you know, it's that's a little uh, alarming, obviously. Um, and, you know, we just continue to hear about the Marlins being interested in them. So it's really hard to say where this goes. I don't think we see a Reynolds trade, you know, anytime like within the near term future, but definitely am wondering, you know, overall what his pirate future is going to be. Yeah. With the extension stuff, it's definitely alarming that, you know, that's never even been brought to the table. I never really expected anything to get done because he's a Scott Boris client and, you know, Boris typically will advise against his clients signing extensions before testing the free agent waters. But the arbitrage, I mean, 
the arbitration thing itself is being blown out of proportion by a lot of people. I feel I, I'm not saying by you, Nick, because I know you understand it. Like, go look at the White Sox right now. There's literally like a hundred fifty thousand dollar difference between what they offered Lucas Giolito and what Giolito asked, and they're going to arbitration over it. The Pirates aren't the only team that do this. I understand people are saying, "Oh, it's only six hundred fifty thousand, blah 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 blah." Ultimately, <clears throat> right, wrong, or otherwise, Bob Nutting is a businessman. You know, and Michael McHenry has talked about this when he's been on the show in the past. He runs the baseball team like a business. And the business state of mind, view of mind is, why would I spend an extra $650,000 if I don't have to? He said the Chicago White Sox are not willing to spend an extra $150,000 on one of the best starting pitchers in the American League. It's not just the Pirates who do this. However, some of the comments have been made by Reynolds, like you touched on in recent days, is what's alarming. That said, I, I would be stunned if he's traded before opening day. Uh, no matter how badly Marlon beat writers want to talk this thing into existence, it's it's not going to happen unless the Marlins really move on what they're willing to give up. And rightfully so. Brian Reynolds is still in control through 2025. The Pittsburgh Pirates, barring something going catastrophically wrong, will be competing for a postseason berth before 2025. Brian Reynolds can still be the centerpiece of your next postseason competing type of team. There's no need to move on from him right now unless some team comes along and blows you away. And from what's been reported by multiple people, both local media and national media, Nick, from what you and I have heard from some sources we have within the sport, it seems like the Pirates are not going to move Reynolds unless they're getting back at least three top 100 prospects in the trade. And that's the kind of asking price you should have on a guy with his pedigree, with his results, and with with his control. So I don't think he's going anywhere anywhere soon. I think at the trade deadline, the Pirates could be 70 games under 500 and he wouldn't be traded. But it definitely seems like any hope, and I don't think there ever was much of it to begin with because of Scott Boris, but it does seem like any hope there may have been of Reynolds signing anything long-term with the Pirates is probably out the window. I think the hope was always just that if they gave Reynolds an extension, that would just make everyone happy in a way. You know what I mean? Like people are like, just just please give him an extension so we don't have to be upset for once, you know? And it's unfortunate because like, like you said, and like I was saying earlier, you know, they, they are, they run things the way they want to run things and how they have been running things. Like it's, they're not going to change precedences that have been changed, um, put in place already, you know? Yeah. And you're right. But when it comes to sign, here's my thing in general, when it comes to extending players, whatever it might be, I understand like what you're saying. If they extend Reynolds, like, Hey, look at this. This guy is our building block. He's going to be here for X amount of years. But at the same time I come back and I think in my head, what is the difference between they do that and they go out and they do like they did with Gregory Polanco or Starling Marte or early in the cruise, but they do that with O'Neill Cruz. You do with Rowan Contreras, you do with Cabrian Hayes, you know, whoever, pick your prospect, Nick Gonzalez, Henry Davis, whoever it is. If you still come out and do that, you're still committing to paying those guys, keeping those guys around. And I know this is something that kind of gets glossed over, but as much as the way Bob Nutting and I'll be the first person to say Bob Nutting is not a good owner. He's a very, very poor owner. There's a lot of baseball owners that suck. It's a big reason why baseball is dying. But what Bob Nutting has proved is when the Pirates are ready to compete, he will spend more money. 
2013 through 2016 were the four largest payrolls in history of the Pittsburgh Pirates. In 2018, when they were competing at the trade deadline, he went out and signed off on the Chris Archer trade. When the time is right, he is willing to put more money back into the team. And I think ultimately, when you're the fan of a small market team, that's all you can really ask for. Because pick your small market team. The Oakland A's, the Baltimore Orioles, the Cleveland Guardians, no matter who it is, that's how they all function. They're not going to put money into the team until they're ready to win. So unless you're the Tampa Bay Rays, where just every prospect ever pans out, this is this is the life of a small market baseball team. And just yeah, I think that's where I go back to. With yes, you would love to get something done with Reynolds, but if you don't get anything done with Reynolds, but in the course of the next two to four seasons, you get something long term done with O'Neill, Cruz, Contreras, Key Brian Hayes, et cetera, et cetera. Ultimately, it's still a net win for the Pirates because you're still set up for that long-term success. And you just hope that overall, you know, Reynolds keeps doing what he's doing. And, you know, like like I said, that in terms of his Pirate future, we'll see what happens. But like you said, there's no rush to do anything uh, right now, considering he has, you know, years of control left. So they're definitely in a good position Uh to not have to worry too much about, you know, making the right decision right now. They are, they are. And I think it upsets the fans to an extent. Um, but you know, that's just a business and this is how small market baseball is run. Like you said, Marty, so going to have to wait a little bit, but Brian Reynolds still not reaching an agreement with the pirates to this point, guys, what do we need to look forward to these next few weeks, roster cuts, everything else going on. What are you guys excited for the most with maybe the next even week of spring training. I will be very curious to see how things shake out this roster. Um, I would love to see the pirates fully commit to the youth movement for what's left. Um, you look at some of these guys who are still in camp. Like we said about Cruz, put him a shortstop, let Rodolfo Castro get a bunch of bats second base, put Yuri De Los Santos in the bullpen, put runs and Contreras in rotation. Let Calvin Mitchell be your fourth outfielder. Let's see what these kids can do. But is that going to happen? Probably not. So watching these guys these next couple weeks of camp until they're either optioned to re-sign a minor league camp is going to be a lot of fun. Um, one other thing <clears throat> I think will be interesting to watch for the rest of spring training and early in the season is the Pirate offense this year, I don't think it's going to be very good. But I do think they can hit a decent amount of home runs, which can help cover a lot of blemishes for an offense. Um, right now, they've hit more home runs than the other team in the Grapefruit League through the first two weeks of play. And yes, it's Grapefruit League, but it's come from a lot of your usual, what you would expect. Yoshi Susugo, Daniel Vogelbach, excuse me, Cruz, Reynolds, right. Allen's hit a pair. Like, let's, let's, let's see if that continues, because if nothing else, if this offense is going to stink, at least give me some home runs. Let Vogelbach and Susugo and Cruising's guys park a few in the river and make it exciting. And, you know, that'll be – it's what you can have to look forward to this year. You know, the occasional home run, which hopefully is going to be more than occasional in the lineup that could have some sneaky power and watching young guys just continue to develop and come along. Listen, Marty, as much as I want to see them hit more home runs, nothing gets – me more excited than watching Kevin Newman, you know, go one for four with an infield single, you know. At least you're giving him that one. I was going to say 0 for four, so. Well, you know, you know, I was going to start, I was going to say hitting, you know, the ground ball to the right side, but. 
but yeah, I mean, it's it's the youth movement. It's just continuing to watch these young players um, see what they have, you know, and see what they're going to bring to the team, you know, whether it be this year, next year. Um, I think my only other huge question, you know, that still kind of is here as we get, you know, into the thick of things with spring training is the the backup catching job. You know, we're still kind of in a little bit of a spot of not really knowing who that's going to go to. There's no obvious candidate. Obviously Perez and Richie are the guys who are the lead candidates, but neither are on the 40 man roster to what I correct Marty. I know Perez is, and he was DFA. Yeah, neither are on the forty man yeah, roster. So they're they're going to have to make a forty man roster, no matter who the hell the backup catcher is. They don't really have a backup catcher on the roster right now at all. So it will be interesting to see if it's going to be one of those guys, or if there's still, you know, maybe another move that's going to be made on, you know, from especially from the free agent pool that's still out there. Yeah, no, I agree. With backup catcher, I, uh, I firmly believe. If you were looked, if you looked at the Rule Five draft this year, it was very yeah. deep to catcher. I firmly believe that's where they plan on getting their backup catcher. So I, I, ultimately, I think they'll default and just go back to Michael Perez. Which, whatever, I don't really have an issue with it. Perez is a decent defender back there. He's a veteran. He can help these young pitchers. Um, but yeah, regardless, they're going to have to make a forty-man roster move for the backup catcher, and that might not be the only forty-man roster move they have to make. Is you know, if you do decide to keep some of these younger guys around you're going to have to make moves with the 40 man, which could be interesting to watch too. You know, you, you look at the current 40 man roster. There's definitely guys on there that could lose a spot in two weeks. And, you know, you never know. You get to the end of spring training. There's always going to be guys getting designated for assignment. They can hit the waiver wire. So I think just roster moves in general are going to be interesting to watch these next two weeks. I think one other, <clears throat> excuse me, one other guy that I think if you're a pirate fan, you definitely want to keep an eye on through the rest of the spring training is going to be Diego Castillo. He came to the Pirates in the uh, shoot, Clay Holmes trade. Excuse me, it was one trade. Came to the Pirates in the Clay Holmes trade. To play the infield was out of the forty-man roster in the off-season. Did nothing but hit after coming to the Pirates last year in the minors. So far this year in spring training, he's four for eight with a double. So I wouldn't be surprised to see Castillo hit his way onto the opening day roster either. So just another another thing to watch is how this bench is going to shake out because I think. Like I said, I think Presley back with catcher. I think Michael Chavis stuff on this bench. So between you know Diego Castillo, uh, Cole Tucker, whoever it might be Hoy Park, it'll just be interesting to see how the bench shakes out. Yeah, this middle infield absolutely loaded. Going to be really fun to watch how it kind of shakes out. Like you said, Marty, as we get to the end of spring training, guys, it's been a fun episode recapping the beginning of of spring training. Brian Reynolds, Ono Cruz, everything else. So we wrap it up tonight. Your final thoughts on that extension and, and spring training. Um, I know you guys said it really well there, but anything else you guys got going on this week on the website? Anything else you have going on? No, I don't think a whole lot. It's, you know, baseball's kicking back up. It's exciting. It's been a long time coming for a long time. You know, these first few weeks here, we were, we were going to have this and it's here. And yeah, just make sure to stay tuned with us throughout the season. Um, I know we've talked about it a bunch. Here, social media, wherever. Last year was the most successful year in Run Butter history. Definitely would not be possible without all of you out there listening to the podcast, follow us on Twitter, read the website. Excuse me. We really appreciate it and just hope that you guys are ready for uh, another year of following along with the Pirates with us. Yeah, excited to get back into the swing of things. You know, 
No doubt about it. Something we didn't know if we were going to, you know, when we were exactly going to be, you know, starting that up. And, you know, it's been nice to slowly kind of get this podcast back up and going more routinely. And, you know, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, no doubt. I'm right there with you, Nick. Guys, it's been fun getting this, uh, you know, a little bit more consistent. Like you said, we're going to have episodes coming out as the season gets into the thick of it here every week. So be sure to, to tune in. And if you didn't catch it last week, we said at the top of the episode, but Jason Mackey, excellent interview. So, guys, be sure to check that out along with our Twitter at Rumbunter and the website as well, rumbunter.com. Check out all the articles. Marty, I see you got some of this data. What's going on? No, I just, just want to add where you mentioned Jason. Uh, we have talked to him a little bit. He will be a pretty regular guest on the show during the regular season. Uh, we're very excited for that. So, yeah, I mean, anyone who follows the Pirates closely, you know Jason Mackey's one of the – there are a few people in the world more connected and tied in with the Pittsburgh Pirates than Jason Mackey. So, between him and Michael McHenry is our regular guest in the, in the regular season. You know, not to, not to toot our own horn, but you're going to be hard-pressed to probably find a better Pirate podcast than this once the regular season gets rolling. No doubt about it, guys. First in coverage, please tune in throughout the season. We're going to have Michael McHenry. We are going to have Jason Mackey, like Marty said. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. And regardless of what it looks like this season – there's going to be a lot of fun storylines to follow, so be sure to stick with us at Rumbutter. Like I said, go to rumbutter.com. All kinds of articles coming out about Brian Reynolds, about spring training, everything else going on in Pirates baseball. From Marty Lee and Nick Caparoso, thank you guys so much for joining us for episode number 80. This is Rumbutter Radio, guys. Join us next week. Let's go, Bucks. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.